Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Back to throw versus Danny. Back to throw versus Danny. Back to throw versus I'm a little grumpy. That's official now. We it is official. Yeah, I actually looked on uh, my calendar there. Right. It is officially Wednesday. I'm a little grumpy, though. Why? I didn't want to be grumpy today. I wanted to be in a good mood. I went in with a positive mindset right. because we had the rankings released. The College Football Selection Committee actually yeah. put out their official ones. Sure. More, you know, it's different than the AP, which don't really matter. It's different than the I coaches. Technically, poll. I don't know if they're like the ones that we had <laughs> yesterday are probably more official, right? Like this, we were talking about the Dan- Danny's are probably more official. Well, than- mine are more accurate and right. more fair accurate and more accurate. unbiased. All yeah. those terms that we could use in doing. This is that. why you're grumpy then. Yeah, because yeah. and I t- I try to remind myself going into it. By the way, we do have a big show. Okay. We're going to break down the Duke uh Kentucky game last night. We're getting a little basketball. We're going to get into some NBA basketball as well. Yeah. Uh we're going to do a ton of stuff, but we have to start with this because I'm in a bad mood over it. All right. So, I went in and I'm like, "You know what? It doesn't matter. The only poll that matters is the final one right. that the committee puts out uh you know, the first weekend of December after every game is played and it's those four teams or what matter who gets into the playoff." So, I go in, I'm like, "It doesn't matter." Doesn't matter what they do. Really invested. And then they come out. No, I am. Because I I definitely didn't want to get annoyed by it. Right. And then they come out and they do the same thing that they always do, right? So there's a clearly there's a love affair with the SEC. And when I say that, it's just it's so obvious that they're there. They had the most teams in there last week. They had the the only the highest ranked undefeated, the highest ranked one loss, the highest ranked two loss, and the highest ranked three loss last week. This week they were forced into having Michigan as number four because LSU got thumped by Alabama. So they had to go ahead and make that change. But Guess what? Georgia, not that far off at number five, which I would contend they're a little bit overrated as well. I, ultimately, the reason I don't want to get too fired up about it is because it doesn't matter. But it does matter in the end when you're considering the playoff for the final four spots. Because if you have all these teams in there, there's probably a chance, more so now than there was last week, that the SEC gets two teams in again. And I hate that. I think it's bad for college football when a committee is so biased towards one conference. So Clemson, Notre Dame, and Michigan win out. They don't get in, in your estimation? They will, but I don't think they do win out. I just think really? I've seen enough college football to realize like crazy so, things happen. So who, who who catches Clemson slipping? I don't, see, that's the problem. Like I can't. It's hard to say, all right, it's that team right there. Yeah. I mean, I could see them in South Carolina. Rivalry game, last game of the season. They could stumble. I could I got see them you. this weekend. They play Boston College. Like that's not an easy out. But, like, they're a twenty point favorite. But you've right. seen crazier things happen. Let's say Mi- like Michigan, Notre Dame's N- Notre Dame. I guess they got USC last game of the season, but they're bad. They also they have, have Syracuse six. in Yankee Stadium, which Syracuse they'll be a heavy favorite. They're super favorite. inconsistent. Syracuse. Here's my point, though. College football, you see crazy upsets all the time. Like okay. even though these heavy favorites, you just see them happen. Okay, but here's my here's the deal. Yep. If 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 one of those teams were were to lose, like why shouldn't Georgia be able to get in? Like what they've got a better you've got Georgia and Oklahoma at eight and one right they do um, Georgia's got three top twenty five wins thirteenth strength thirteenth in the country with uh, strength of schedule right. as opposed to Oklahoma who's got zero top twenty five wins and twenty second well, all right so you in reference opponents. top twenty five wins right why are they top twenty five wins because the, the everybody loves the SEC and they put in these top 25 no but teams. I but I looked There's at I actually them. compared the schedules and I don't yeah. remember them verbatim but they're it's a stronger schedule those teams are stronger like I get your point. That the SEC gets a more fair shake when it comes down to ranking, but but the teams are of more quality on Georgia's schedule. Like your eyeball tells you that. Even a college football oh, fan that doesn't dig in, I don't dig, I don't dig, I don't dig into the metrics and the the numbers. But I mean, there are better teams on Georgia's schedule than Oklahoma. Uh, yes, but here's the question I have for you: right. What do you do if Georgia wins out and beats Alabama? 
and Bama's undefeated. Georgia would be a one-loss SEC champ. Bama would be a one-loss SEC championship loser. Right. But everybody's raved about Alabama's being one of these best teams we've ever seen. What are you doing that? In that scenario, did Clemson, Notre Dame, and Michigan all came through unscathed? Let's say they do. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's a tough one. But Georgia, <laughs> Georgia clearly gets in, right? They beat yes, the number one team in the country. See, I think that, I think the SEC champ is automatic bid. The committee yeah. made it clear how they feel about the conference. The question is, do they get two teams? I'd have no problem leaving Bama out in that scenario. I wouldn't. I, I would have no problem. But the conversation, I guarantee you this, and I, hopefully it doesn't happen because I'll go berserk. Like I already have like stress issues. Like I got bad heart. <laughs> it would like, put me over the edge. If they lose, they should be bounced. But the, the conversation has been the eye test. Well, the eye test tells me they beat every team by 20 points. Maybe they had an off night right and on their best day they could beat anybody in the country which is usually always the case so let's make why don't we treat them differently like why don't we have there has to be a penalty in my mind for sure for sure um so that was like that was one of my issues lsu being at um having dropped only five spots that bothers me the fact that they're still there i think they'd probably be better off in around 14 or 15 correct Uh, i think it's very clear that the committee has no love for anybody outside of the Power Five. Like, they disrespected UCF by um, dropping them two spots, even though they won. Like, uh, that blows my mind. And I get it wasn't pretty. I get it was Temple, and I get they gave up a lot of points. But they won. I should. I would have dropped them, too. Oh, they you, looked, get out they looked bad. Right. It was Temple, dude. So let me ask you something. So they actually, Rob Mullins, the, the, yeah. the spokesperson for the committee, he referenced and said, well, that defense is a concern. They gave up a lot of points against Temple. What well, about let's the concern? not start doing that. Well, let's. What about the concern for LSU's offense, Correct. which is just as bad as UCF's defense? Eighty like, third in the country points per game, right? Tied for one hundred and fourth at three hundred sixty three yards per game. Thank you. One hundred and fourth, one hundred and two with one hundred ninety two passing yards per game. Yeah, they're so, it's bad. All I ask is you treat everybody equally, and clearly, if you're dinging UCF for their defense, and yet you're not having any problem with LSU's offense, that's a problem with me. The other problem, so I don't even think the committee watches teams outside of the Power Five. Right. And that's one of the re- – and they saw UCF play on a national stage. They were probably sitting around like everybody else watching, you know, prime time. They were on TV, and they happened to watch it and said, oh, man, this is a scary game. They're not that good. And yet last year they had no problem with Oklahoma giving up 40 against Baylor, who was 1-11 last year. Uh, it's just the double standard is ridiculous. Then if you look at the disparity between the 8P Top 25, which I think does a better job lately of recognizing teams like Utah State, who is ranked 16th, uh, in the AP poll, unranked in this playoff poll. Right. You've got Fresno State, uh, State 17th in the AP poll, all the way down, um, at 16th. So they're not that far off with Fresno State, but like Cincinnati, they came in at 25, they're 23 in the other one. They're just, they don't even pay attention to the group of five teams. Um, it's unfair to the group of five teams. The system is broken. Um, and I, we used to go through, college basketball's gotten a lot better at, giving at-large bids to some of these schools. Like, I'm not saying Loyola Chicago got one last year, but teams like that, Nevada, they all probably won their conference, but those are the type of teams that occasionally will get an at-large and make some noise in the tournament, right? right. College basketball starting to put a little value, a little stock in some of those programs, even if they are mid-major, so to speak, that year in and year out put quality products on the floor and they've got teams that could do football because there are only four teams that get in and it supports you know your idea of having possibly eight teams in because there's got to be something for a kid who doesn't go to Alabama to play for. Like, think about that. Like, you're going to school and you know no matter what you do, you can't play for a national championship. It doesn't matter if you go undefeated. It doesn't matter if you take your team four straight years undefeated seasons, you're not going to get to play for a national championship. Right. It's pretty bleak. Like, I mean, you still get to play college football and that's great and, and all of that. But I mean, there's got to be some formula in which some of these teams can, can reach it to your playoffs. Even if, and, and even if they get beat, then you say, Hey, that, look, shouldn't be here in the first place, but you've right. given them the opportunity. Exactly. You have to give them the chance. Utah State actually is ranked 14th. So they give them some respect, which is good for them. 
Another thing I've noticed, Frank Beamer, God bless Frank Beamer. He's on the committee, yeah. ACC longtime head coach at, uh, at Virginia Tech. The biggest movers in the polls, two ACC teams. Syracuse moved up nine spots to 13, and Boston College moved up uh, seven spots to 17. Hey, so oh. Clearly he's having – it's always the same. In a group of 12 or 13 people, when you have a small group, if you have one or two – Loud, strong voices. Yeah. Former coach who sway, respect. sway Absolutely. opinion a little bit. He's saying in there, man, these teams are great. Wait, yeah. The eye test tells me that they're really good. <laughs> so he's going to bump them up. It's the, the whole system is kind of a joke. I'm not getting upset. I'm not doing it. You are upset. No, I'm not. But now we, we need you to kind of come back down. Yeah, I'm yeah, trying. You're good. I'm trying to just relax. All right. Let's deep breath. <laughs> let's do some NFL. Yeah. Okay. Cause I put out, I have my NFL. There you go. Let's ranking. get to a poll that matters. Yeah. Let's poll get one that substance. Absolutely. This one matters way more yeah. than that one. Right. Uh, not really. So a little shake up at the top of mine because I have a new number one team. I don't love it. And it's not the New Orleans Saints. So a lot of people are going to say, Oh, they beat the Rams. Well, how can you not love the Patriots? As the best team. They have the best losses. quarterback, the, the best losses. coach. Oh, so now there's the losses. The losses, yeah. What do you mean? Now we just went they through that. They were early before they got healthy, and now they're getting better. And that's The Saints, the they Saints lost was the very first game of the season, man. <laughs> they haven't lost since then. They just beat the number one team in the league. Everyone would say it was a lock for the Super Bowl. Who was the best quarterback we've ever seen? Drew Brees. <laughs> See, that's not a lie. Don't lie. It's Tom Brady. It's the best coach we've ever seen. Uh, Don't Trump say Payton. Sean Payton. No, it's not. Best play caller I've ever seen. I, I, it's about time for me. Look, I guessed the New England Patriots. I was down on them early. They started yeah. the season one and two. I'm like, uh-oh, we might see signs of weaknesses. No, I'm done with that. I am not doubting them. They're the surest bet in all of sports to repeat, to go out there and do things over and over again. They're getting healthier. They're getting more stuff out of Josh Gordon. They're getting more production out of him. Brady and this offensive line are getting more continuity. Julian Elliman's getting more implemented. Once they get Sony Michelle back to healthy out of the backfield, their defense is going to get better. They're clearly like they're the Patriots. They're just the Patriots. They deserve the number one spot because so, of their history of success. When all of that comes to fruition, yes, then I will move them into my number one spot. <laughs> all right, but until they get to that point, all right, I like them at number two, and I'm with you. Like, and I don't know why we talked about it with Pete Prisco when he was on the other day. Why? It, why is it like? Why can't we learn from our mistakes in in that we panic every year about the Patriots at the beginning of the season? People, I did. They did look different. They did, right? Yeah. But but. Like a month before that, when asked you and I both on the show, we well, how are the Patriots? We were like, yeah, give us the proven entity. The Patriots are going to be good. They're going to be fine. Like we penciled them in. Then they don't look great. Like they always don't look great early in the season. Then you bring your pencil out, you start erasing, and then here they are again. They uh, their schedule's cake. They go to Tennessee. They should win that one. They go to New York, the Jets. Yeah, they should win that one. Minnesota will be a tough out. They should win that one Whoa, at no, home. That's a, that's a tricky one for me. They should win that one. Then they go to Miami. The, see, the thing they're benefiting from, and one of the reasons I thought they would get back to where they were, no matter how good or bad they were, is because they play in the worst division in the entire NFL. The AFC East is trash. Dude. So they, mixed in there, it's AFC They're going to be 13-3. and three. Exactly. That's why I told it that the Vegas total was 11 and a half. And I said, if you don't jump on that, you're an idiot. Right. Because they've every season they've had 12 plus wins, except for one since 2008. They're just a machine that goes out there. Like Pepsi, man. It's American <laughs> Gangster. You remember that with Denzel? Yes. And he's like, it's like Pepsi. By the way, I didn't even forget that Gronk hasn't been healthy. Like he hasn't been playing. He's right. going to get back. So once they get everything uh all going. The other thing, too. A lot of people still believe that the Rams are better than the Saints. Like, if it was played in L.A., sure. would the uh, Rams have been able to win that one, you know, maybe not get behind, have to come back? I still think you got to tip your hat to the Saints. The way they're playing, the way they boosted their defense by yeah. Eli Apple, Drew Brees, we know what he's capable of. They're getting the run game with Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram going. Like, Alvin Kamara 
is a beast. Yeah. That guy is showcasing his skills. I don't love the nose ring, but like, Right. Does I mean, what do you do? I, don't, I mean, look, it's just a personal preference. What about during a game? I see you can't get that thing ripped out. Like, seriously. <laughs> no, that would terrify me. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the nose ring either. Definitely not. Um, let me ask you a question though. Uh, cause I, I, look, I'm, I'm cool with everybody but the Pats. Like, and this is like the Chiefs, Rams, Saints. They're all like in this little bubble. And then like of, of teams that are like, and the Pats, I guess I would put in that. But I, I think I like the Saints at number one. Let's go to the Chargers. And the Panthers, though, right? Because mm-hmm. the Chargers, we talked about Philip Rivers and them kind of trending, and he's having a great season. And then yep. you got the Panthers, who I I gotta tell you, Are you dude, with me on them? Yeah, yeah. But I never like the way it looks. I always think it looks ugly, and I never trust that they're gonna do it. But they keep doing it. I am a believer in the Panthers, and I think one of the biggest differences has been that Cam Newton is having a career year. Like he's putting up just as good numbers as his as his MVP season when they lost the Super Bowl. Uh, to the Broncos, the difference is the game has changed so much that now you've got guys like Patrick Mahomes out there throwing 29 touchdowns already right. at this point in the season where he's not really sniffing that conversation yet. If he keeps doing it, he'll, he'll absolutely be in that conversation because winning matters. I don't think he'll catch him because he needs the stats to get it. But he's having a monster year. They've got weapons for him to work with. Christian McCaffrey, uh, DJ Moore at the wide receiver position. Yeah, absolutely. He hurdled that kid the other day. Yeah. He's, yeah. He hurdled he, him. He can move. He can there are move. a lot of hurdles that result in a tackle or you fall down after the hurdle. Like he clear hurdled him and then got ghost. So before this season, Cam Newton's best completion percentage was 61%. Mm-hmm. That was his third year in the league. His MVP season, he was up at 59%. This year he's at 67%. The other thing that I really like what uh, North Turner is doing is he's not afraid to use them as runner. a runner. Yeah. Because like, that's been always a thing. A coach like, ah, oh, you can't run your quarterback. You know, you got to try to adapt him to today's NFL and have him sit from the pocket. Nope. Not with Cam Newton. He can withstand the beating. He's a he's a big dude. I kind of feel that way about Dak a little bit. Yeah. I, think I mean, right. like, you know, that's what he's he comfortable doing. Agree. Like, let him do it a little and bit. And I think he has to in order to kind of – see, I, the difference, I think Cam can beat you both ways. I think Dak has to do the run. I think they have to do more zone read. Right, 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 right. Some, some more option stuff there. But Cam Newton's having a phenomenal year, and I think it's a big reason why I like them so much. 15 touchdowns and four interceptions. That's his, you know, one of his better, uh, ca- uh career touchdown to interception, uh, ratios. Mm-hmm. So I'm all about them. I, I think they're, I think they're flying exactly where they need to be. The Chargers mentioned them. They go up to Seattle. They got that one on the road. So a couple people upset me for not having the Chicago Bears in my top 10. Granted, they are leading their division. They're at the top there. But and there sit the Vikings at number eight. Yeah, my squad. My squad. Because who do you trust? If, if you're nothing, you are loyal. Separate, I'm gonna give you that. Right, you separate, are a loyal dude. Separate, separate my affinity for Kirk Cousins aside. Who would you trust more in a spot? Would you trust the Chicago Bears and their defense, no, the Vikings. or the Vikings? I trust the Vikings. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, I, I would too. I think it's a no-brainer. I don't think it's that much of a homer call. I think it's easy. I think the Bears have been uh, a lot, very inconsistent. Khalil Mack's been hurt. That'll be interesting. They've been able to win without him. When they get him back, could he have a game, uh, the type of game, which clearly he can, where he could, you know, have an impact and raise their level of play uh, significantly, which I think they can. I think their defense is that good. The problem is with Mitch Trubisky, a quarterback, they have to be like generationally good on defense in order for them to have a successful season, right. in my opinion. So, all right, that's it for me. Mitch Trubisky, good job. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> His numbers are job. up, too. He's no, that was the reason they brought back – that's the reason they brought in Matt Nagy was similar to why they brought in Sean Payton to help Jared Goff, and they've gotten the better production out of him. It's just been a little bit too inconsistent for me. Uh, still a baby. He's still growing. 
Yeah, for sure. sure. Absolutely has. All right, we got to break down Duke versus Kentucky. I want to ask you, because I think I have a really good comp for Zion Williamson. Okay. And I want to see if you think, uh, if you agree with me. Boom. Coca totally thinks I'm crazy, but I think I'm spot on. All right. Coming up next and off the bench. If you're like most of us, you have a balance on your credit cards and a higher interest rate than you would like. Why not turn those balances into one monthly payment at a lower fixed interest rate and start saving money? Lightstream offers credit card consolidation loans from 6.14% APR with auto pay. You can get a loan from $5,000 up to $100,000, and you can even get your funds as soon as the day you apply. I see my wife's credit card bill sometimes, and I'm like, what is she buying? But you know what? Lightstream's here to help you. Guys like me and you, help us out. My listeners can save even more with an additional interest rate discount on top of Lightstream's already low interest rates. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash bench. L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash bench. Subject to credit approval, rate includes 0.50% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash bench for more information. Bryce Harper deal reportedly. Coca, what was it? Uh, 300 million, 10 years, no opt out? Yeah. And he's going to that, huh? Personals. Yeah. I agree, brother. I, he's going to get more. Like you hit Sorry, the market, man. you can shop around, get it. What, what, what is, what is like John Carlo and them? What John Carlo they? got 325, which I think he thinks he's going to get that, but I don't know if he is. I feel like, I know the baseball money, some of it's insane. Insane. All guaranteed, guaranteed. All of it. Bread. Yeah. Guaranteed bread. Uh, he's going to get paid a lot. I don't, I think he might be a little bit delusional thinking he's going to get. Was it more about, was money? it more about the money or the flexibility? I think it was more about the flexibility. Flexibility. I think. That's my yeah. hunch, but I don't know. We'll have to dig more into that. Uh, maybe tomorrow we'll get to that. All right. Basketball. College basketball. We yeah. had Matt Norlander on yesterday. Yeah. Two games that were last night. Boy said, said Kentucky was going to I know. I didn't want to throw him under the bus, but I guess you'll do it. Like, I would like to have him back on the show at some time, so I don't want to do that to him. Mm. Kentucky. Also, Vegas did have them as the favorite, too. They had him as a one-point favorite. Clearly. Yeah. Kentucky? Yeah. Because Vegas at Kentucky is they, hey, they were thinking, hey, the Duke's young, all these young guys, they're not they ready don't, yet. You don't understand what did that they type look, of talent looks like. Did they look ready or what? Really impressive victory. They come out 118 to 84, just dominant from the get-go. Cam Reddish is a fantastic, um, freshman basketball player. Like, of the likes that you've seen before. Do you know what I mean? Like a guy who can hit the stage, be productive, like have 25 points in a game, um, but look like a freshman probably. Those other two, Zion Williams and, and Williamson and, uh, RJ Barrett, they're different. They don't belong there. They don't belong on a college basketball court. <laughs> they don't. Like right. you could watch them play and there's no business for them being on college basketball courts. So let me ask you this because I came in this morning. I fell asleep later in that game, which was a good thing because it was, it was pretty much in control. But I was like curious to see, you know, what the kind of the message after the game was. Like what were people talking about? All the tweets that you saw, the viral videos were Zion Williamson. Yeah. So I'm thinking, man, that guy had the best game. Like he was the one who was dominating. Instead, it was RJ Barrett who had thir- uh, 33, was 13 of 26 from the field and was arguably way more impressive. Now Zion did have his dunks. He did get his dunks in. He is a little bit more explosive. Yes. He's more, hi- he's more highlight. So do you think it's a slam dunk that RJ Barrett is the better player for this dude? I think it's slam dunk. You do. You, yeah, I, close. you watch him play and what he's able to do, like, look, Zion is like, again, he doesn't belong there either, but RJ Barrett is, I mean, he just, he does it all. He'll get it off the board. He pushes it. He can assist. He makes, he, he, he gets to the bucket whenever he wants. He shoots the ball. There's a smoothness, uh, to his handle and his ability to get where he wants to go on the court. And then he facilitates. He's just, 
he does a little bit of everything. I think Zion is is more um, in a category as a player. Like, you know what I mean? It's more power basketball coming at you downhill, where RJ's more like, like whatever you need, I got you. Right. You know I, I, I mean? think RJ Barrett's game is a little bit easier to translate. Like, you've seen it before. Sure. You can see his skill set. With Zion Williamson, I look at him like, man, who, when's the last time we saw a guy doing this? Or wh- have we ever seen a guy doing like this? So I was trying to think. I wanted to ask you if you had a comp for him. Like, somebody that's in the NBA throughout the history that we've seen that's like, oh, yeah, that's kind of his game. I had one throw this at you. Because this is back from right. our day, like yeah. when we were in high school. Yeah, Larry Johnson from UNLV. That's actually pretty. Because he was, good. I remember him being bigger. But he had the ups. He was explosive to the rim. I'm trying to think. LJ played in UNLV. If I don't, like, he was on the block a lot. Uh, yeah, I don't think this kid probably post. He didn't have the back to the basket game maybe that Larry right. had back in the day. But that's not a bad name at all. I think right. a tank. And I was, that's what I was thinking, like body type. Too. This dude's a prototype. Like he plays, he reminds me of LeBron in the way he plays attacking the basket, like facing the basket where he's just like downhill at you. But you have to take into account, this guy's way bigger than LeBron. This guy's six <laughs> seven, two hundred and seventy pounds. He is, they he were like 15 or 20 on LeBron, right? Dude, yeah. They were saying yesterday, like they were giving comps, like he's the average size of the Duke's offensive line. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes. this is a prototype. This is something you've never seen before. And while right. you said, like, Zion had the better game, and he did in terms of, if you watch the game, the all-around performance, like, all the different things he did, like, Zion in his lane, because he's a, for me, he's a kind of in-your-lane kind of player. He was phenomenal. He was 11 for 13 from the field. Um, he also grabbed a lot of boards, and he, too, can push the ball. He stepped uh, out and hit a couple threes, too. He did, which I didn't know that he could do. So, like, if he continues to round his game out while he's at Duke, um, that, you know, you could be talking about a, a, a real, uh, different animal by the time he gets to the NBA. But again, I want to be clear. No business for either one of these two to be a Duke. There's not. They're, <laughs> right. they're just going to be different than everyone they play. That's not to say the Duke will win every game or win a national championship, but their talent is on another level. All right. So coming into the season, they were ranked, uh, preseason number four. Their odds to win the title four to one. Mm-hmm. Did you take that bet? I think I would. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't get the recency bias of man, they looked awesome last night. Yeah, but if you if, if you gave me Duke or the field, I'd still take the field. Yeah, I would too. You know I would I mean? always like, take the yeah, field at yeah. any point. Like even Alabama, as good as they look, I would take the field, even though the field is probably only three or four teams. In, right. In football, it's probably not that much different. The field are three or four teams that could possibly be Duke, but I would always take those guys for the opportunity. I think the odds would just favor that you would have them there. Uh, it. So you're saying they don't belong with Duke. So these clearly are guys where if they change the system and they let them go from high school. They would step in, and even in a year, they're going to be RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett would be the first pick in the draft right now. Right. He'd 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 been, he'd been, be number two or top five. I'm trying to think. Who came out last year? Uh, Luca. Who was the number one pick last year? <laughs> Andre Ayton would have been the number one pick. Yes. Might have been the first pick in the draft last year. Really? Correct. Over Ayton? Correct. Really? He's that, he's that kid. Good. That kid right there? Yeah. Not, not, not him, but he's like, he'd be in the lottery. But the other one, RJ, couldn't possibly. Yeah, well, they're going to get their opportunity in a year anyway, especially yeah. if they keep going like this. I want to give a shout-out to my man Stevie Nash in Canada basketball, though. Oh, yeah? Like, he, I, I'm pretty sure he told me he was, like, GMing Canada basketball and starting to cultivate, like, their talent. Like, they got some... They got some phenomenal players. They got that youngin, RJ Wait. Barrett, Andrew Wiggins. Wait, was they've Debo, got Debo sent a tweet out from our Canel and Bell account? Yeah, because there was a list of great Canadian players. Oh, really? And it was like Steve Nash, uh, yeah. Nash. I think RJ Barrett was on there. Yeah, and there was a Rajah Bell like at nine or ten. And it was like they didn't like Debo tweeted it out from our thing. It was like news to us. We didn't know. No, I'm not. Maybe they I was never in it from an time. island. Like I don't know. Maybe it was international. They just Maybe. there was a confusion. But one, there. one of Steve's one of the guys that Steve played with during his time on Canada basketball was Rowan Barrett. That's RJ's dad. He was oh, really? a really good player too, but Steve's done a lot of good things. The kid, uh, 
that Kyrie got fined for throwing the ball in the stands the other night. What's his name again? Jamal Murray, Canada basketball. Like they, they've got, they've got some ballers. All right. So you were, uh, number nine on the list. <laughs> Canada basketball. Yeah. <laughs> so you were on never. there. <laughs> uh, USA men's basketball, U19 fell to Canada 99 to 87. Same yeah. You're talking about. All right. All right. Let's do some bell bottoms. Okay. Bottom five teams in we the NFL. To. All right. Well, like, well, there's no change. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to keep but talking I think we're about the same. No, here's what we're going to do. Right. You have the Giants, Raiders, Bills, Browns, 49ers. I'm, like it's funny because that some fan bases get upset if you have them in the bottom five. These teams are like, yeah, it's news to us. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Us so let's look at that from a little bit different perspective because some of these coaches, uh, not in the, necessarily in the bottom five, but coaches that are underperforming, uh, and you're starting to hear a little bit more rumblings. And I think there's some surprises on the list. Yeah. Some of the coaches have Super Bowls next to their resume. One being John Harbaugh with the Baltimore Ravens. They're four and five. They started four and two to start the year. Then they've been underperforming a little bit lately. Uh, he's been the Ravens coach since 2008, made the playoffs in six of the first seven seasons. And yet, I think the word that you use is stale. Yeah. It's just like the message doesn't get received as it used to. And it's just, and it's not really an indictment on John Harbaugh. It's a need for change. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's a need for change. But sometimes it's not an indictment, but it is an indictment because sometimes that message while you have a certain type of person in your building, right? You have a Ray Lewis, you have an Ed Reed, you have a Jonathan Ogden, you have guys like that in your locker room. Um, that it's the right message for them, right? But then when you have turnover um, and you've been there a while and now you got a young, fresh core of kids in there and they might not be cut from the same, you know, like generational mold, like that message might not be the right one for them. Right. You know what I mean? And that's that's typically what happens when you've got guys that, that are there for a long time. That's what happened to Jerry Sloan in Utah. Like, Jerry Sloan was still great. And when I went back to play for Jerry on my second stint, where I, I had been to a, like four other teams and I signed back with Utah, I was excited about the prospect of playing for Jerry again. His message still rang true to me. Right. Because I was cut from that original cloth. But all these young guys, the Darren Williams of the world, that message wasn't for them. You know what I mean? And right. So it, it was time. I think sometimes, too, like if, if you're the Cleveland Browns and you're out there and you're looking for a head coach in the offseason, I think you'd be like, hey, we'll take John Harbaugh. Let's yep. sign us up. And it'd be good because he's got the experience. He has the resume. It, and it might be received a lot better in that organization than yeah. it was in Baltimore. So, yep. I mean, it's just one of those things. The other one is Mike McCarthy. And I think some people have expected this to maybe occur sooner. And I think you're seeing all of it come to a head because there's clearly a strain in the relationship between Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. Like, they don't like each other. Right. And it's kind of crazy. Like, how can you have, you know, so much success together early and then all of a sudden it just fall apart. And I think it's a couple of things. I think Aaron Rodgers looked at their system. Speaking of stale, I think he thinks their system is stale. And he's looking around at guys like polite. Sean McVay, <laughs> and, you know, Andy Reid, and what they're doing. And their quarterbacks are putting up these monster numbers. And I think he's a little bit frustrated like that. I think he's, I think he sees he has to bail them out of a lot of bad plays a lot. And so I think that relationship, if they don't miss the playoffs, which I think they probably will miss the playoffs, I think it's Mike McCarthy's going to be done. Uh, he probably should be done. Like, I mean, yeah. he should be done. There's enough body of work there. They haven't done anything with Aaron Rodgers in a while. That's ridiculous. Well, that's but, what's driving me nuts is that they've wasted not only Mike McCarthy, but the talent that they've put around Aaron Rodgers. Like, you've wasted a quarterback in his prime. Yeah. And it's like, you just, like, you just let him go out there and you were close, but you never gave him the, you never gave him the push that other teams are doing. Like, you're seeing the Eagles make a trade for Golden Tate. Yeah. You're seeing the Rams go out and make moves to bring in Dante Fowler Jr. to help, you know, Jared Goff in that defense. The Packers, it's always been kind of old school mentality. We draft within. We're not going to go out and make big offseason signings. All the and world passes you by. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you're watching everybody pass you by. It just goes by. It's right there. Do you think, um, Aaron Rodgers seems to me like, first of all, he's fantastic. And so when you're dealing with guys who are that good at what they do, they, they kind of have habits 
right? Like, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, they're not as, they're not that easy to coach. Old dogs don't always, you know, yes. like you can't teach them new tricks all the time. So, you brought in one of these new, younger, innovative offensive minds that are asking Aaron to maybe step outside his comfort zone and do this and trust me like we're going to do that while I think Aaron looks at that and says man I wish I had that I think that might be a situation once Aaron gets in and he's like what the hell are you talking about like this is the way Aaron does it bro I'm Aaron Rodgers like you you, sometimes you gotta be careful with that though I don't think Aaron's an easy guy to coach right I don't don't think it's easy I think he's extremely smart and he probably thinks he's smarter than you no matter who no matter what I can bring in Sean McVay and he'd be like yeah you're a good coach but I know I know more like he's a really high IQ like I'm not talking football IQ I'm talking like literal like IQ he's a brilliant guy I think he's also a little bit abrasive like his personality uh is just abrasive like I think he's a in if he wasn't winning I think people might perceive him like Jay Cutler. Like, I always kind of believed he's Jay Cutler with a ring. Like, he's just got a little bit of an edge. He's got a little bit of a, a jerky kind of mentality with the media. He's very sarcastic. Yeah. And now you've seen Jay Cutler's kind of personality more on his reality show. You're like, oh, he's kind of funny. Yeah. And you see him a little bit differently. And Aaron has gotten a pass a lot because he's got the Super Bowl and because he's had so much success. So I don't think it would be an easy job at all uh. to bring him in there. But I would expect Aaron Rodgers at this point of his career – to be like, man, I'll do whatever it takes. Like, me let me something. run, let me run some schemes that are out there. Cause even when you watch him on Monday Night Football, you know how many times I watched him and he, the play like broke down and he just escaped really fast and it was improv, it was just him improvising. Yeah. Like that's not the way the NFL is supposed to work. Right. Like, he's supposed to play from within a pocket, even as good as he is scrambling. So I, I think, again, I think there's time for change in both those spots and it wouldn't be surprise me at all if you have two pretty good gigs up for grabs and two organizations that have had a lot of success. Looking for new coaches. Wouldn't surprise me at all. All right. The Jimmy Butler saga continues, although he did, uh, it was a pretty good Samaritan. I guess you could call it that. What he did for one of his boys. Let me tell you about that next on Off the Bench. Mm-hmm. All right. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Raja just asked me during the break, said, what are you weighing in at these days? <laughs> but you know, if you ask some parts, people get offended about that. Yeah. I don't have any problem talking about it, but I was telling you, I'm about 215, 216, which is exactly what I weighed at the end yeah. of the combine when I came out. Uh, in college, the problem is like, everybody get down to my playing weight. Like, I must be good. I, it's not the same. Distributed differently. It's distributed way different. Yeah. And they do say muscle weighs more than fat. So that was like a good 215. Right. Right now I'm dad bod flabby fat. That was a lean 7% body yeah. fat. And it's really ticking yeah. me off too. My wife even made a comment the other night. I wasn't real thrilled Trouble. about. I almost shy. I almost hey, clapped hey, back. Hey, hey, hey. I almost clapped back with a little, both of those kids work out. I didn't want to go there though. So I didn't do that. So things are still good at home. All right. NBA. Yeah. Uh, T wolves. It's never good like, to clap back at home, bro. No, never absolutely. Just keep it shut. Although it's really tempting sometimes. Now my kids are starting to clap back. Yeah. And I ain't happy. Oh, my kids tear me up about <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's trust me. We have issues at home. Uh T Wolves playing the Lakers tonight. Lakers added Tyson Chandler, which I think is an interesting move because it's kind of like just adding to this cast of characters yep. that really aren't that it's like a just a weird fit. Although They're treading water it, in LA. Yes, treading yeah. water big time. Yeah. But do you we've talked a couple times about this, like who's the rebounding presence? Oh, he's gonna help. Yeah. So you do. Do you think he does? I think he does. Them? Yeah. Not much though. I think he helps them um, I don't want to say significantly. But it's not marginally, so like, marsificantly? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I will just make up a word for it. No, because what he'll do is he will solidify the rebounding core. But what Tyson was always great at, and I played with Tyson in uh, Charlotte, 
was anchoring your defense. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, the quarterback or, or the middle linebacker is the guy on a football field that would be barking at everybody as to what to do. Well, you need the anchor of your defense to be back behind those perimeter defenders, really articulating what's happening and ushering guys to where they need to be and having guys come through on help side and just, you know, really commanding out there. And that's what he does better than anybody I've ever played with is he anchors that defense. And it's been a source of, of uh, frustration out there in L.A. right now as to why they can't get stops. There's really no surprise. They don't have the personnel to be a really good defensive team in place right now. He will definitely help with that. And then he's going to get some rebounds. Even at 36? Yeah, no, because that's that's mental. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have to be the best version of Tyson Chandler, the most vertical or even horizontal player now, He or lateral. I mean, he just needs to be back there, play position as a big guy. It's harder now because the bigs are kind of spread out and he might not be close to the basket. But all he's got to do is still be cerebral enough to really help those guys be in the places they need to be and to help them be a better defense. And they just need to be marginally better defensively. Right. They don't need to reinvent the wheel. So we've already seen a lot of drama play out, which I think is clearly the LeBron effect. Like when you have LeBron on your team, there's going to be more reporters around. There's going to be more leaks. There's going to be more stories written about you. So we've seen the Luke Walton drama. You know, Mm -hmm. Magic uh, questions him, then he backs him, then they have a private meeting. Like it's all over the place. Do you think this is clearly my my guess of what could happen, and I think it would be awful. If the Lakers continue to struggle and they're looking like they're not going to make the playoffs, like in that, this would be, I'm talking back half of the season, yeah. not right now, because there's still, it's a lot of basketball to play. Do you think there's any chance that LeBron, because he's in for the long term, do you think he like manages his minutes and starts not coasting, but kind of saying, all right, this year it's not happening. Yes. So why am I going to destroy my body out there? 100%. You do. 100%. But then, won't he get crushed for that? If people uh, can see that happen. Are you talking about they're out of a race? Like it's yeah. mathematically impossible. Well, I'm saying like maybe not even mathematically, but nah. like early. Like I'm talking the last, the back end of the season, the last 30 games. Yeah, see, well, I don't. I, don't I have a pretty good indication. I, yeah, I think that they'll be in a race, though, and yeah. I don't think. But I, I, I don't even think that if they weren't in a race and he did that, he should get killed. I mean, he's this is right. 16th. This but is a 17th season in the league. Like you, you have to preserve. If you're a Laker fan, you know, I get a little frustrated because. You had to know that this wasn't about this year. Like, you try to get as much out of this year as you can. Like, yes, you want to get in the playoffs. Yes, you would like to, in theory, win a playoff series. That'd be great. But you're not beating Golden State as currently. Like, you're not doing that. You're not. So this was always about year one, figuring out who of the balls, Kuzma's, KCP's, um, who are the uh, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, who, who of those guys can play with LeBron? Which, who is in that core of guys that we want to keep as the youth surrounding LeBron? And then pairing him with another Max guy this summer. At which point, once Golden State has to figure out if they can keep everybody and maybe something, you know, falls off the tree, you are primed to like make a run at something. So don't have like this, this impatience with the process right now. And to that point, if you know at some point in the last third of the season that LeBron and team isn't going to make the playoffs, preserve him. Preserve whatever tread is left on that tire. That should be the plan. It's about next year and years going forward from there, not this year. So Jimmy Butler taking a lot of heat. He's he's wanted to force a trade. He's been saying, hey, I'm only playing when I want to play. Like, I'm not playing back-to-backs. He's sat three out of the last 11 games. He's been sitting. Like, I hear you, right? What are you going to do, bro? Exactly. (laughs) Kudos to him. If you got it like that, you can do it. It was pretty cool what he did for Tyus Jones, trying to get to see his brother at Duke at the game at Indianapolis. Said, hey, you, you need a jet? Like, go ahead. You can use mine. It's like, it's like your car keys. Like, throwing your car you keys. A jet? Have a jet. Why can't uh, Tyus hop on a ding on? Well, apparently like, he was looking for a commercial flight. And? 
He couldn't find one. Like, couldn't get one to get there in time. From, in, from <laughs> Minneapolis to Indianapolis? <laughs> Where they, they might have been in LA. Oh, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right there was right. some issue with it, but yeah, I'd ask. I'd be like, hey, you know, can I borrow? But happens. apparently, you Jimmy think Butler he asked or he offered. Well, apparently, Jimmy Butler was going to go with him. Yeah. And there was a change of plans and Jimmy wasn't going to go. And so he said, you can just go ahead on your own. That happens at times though. Guys like LeBron and those guys will, will hop on a jet. They want to go see a game. Like, you know, especially you're talking about. Zion Williamson and RJ Barrett, two of the like most hyped college and the classes might since the Fab Five, they might be the most hyped class at, at sure. college basketball. So like that happens from time to time. And then like if LeBron's getting a jet, like you got J.R. Smith with him and you got Tristan sure. Thompson with him. And so it's not unheard of for a dude to hop on a jet. Right. But if but I ain't he's if there. I ain't going, right, exactly. I'm probably putting the jet back in the hangar. You going to figure something out. Parking right back in there because that fuel is not cheap. Although that NBA money, man, it's just a whole different hey. scenario. Do you think the Jimmy Butler thing gets Worse before it gets better? Do you think it, how do, how do you think this I don't see how it could get worse at this <laughs> no, point. Really I mean, you got a guy calling his own shots as to when and when he's not going to play. Um, he's already had the public feud with, with Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns. They've seen, they, you know, I got to give a lot of those guys credit though. Like, that was ugly in yeah. the media and they seem to be able to put it to bed to, you know, to some degree and they're going out and they're playing and, and, uh, so I give them credit. So I don't know how it could get worse, but they need to figure out you know, how to move him because you don't want this distraction all year. No, sure. no, clearly. And, and you want to get something on the return, right? Well, yeah, and you want a guy who's going to play every night. He can't just what? be calling his own shots, shutting it down. That's you got to know what kind of lineup you're going to When is he telling? Tell him, like, <laughs> tell him the night before. Is he calling the GM like, hey, yo, I'm not playing tomorrow? Or is it a, it a day-to-day be, thing? It can't be healthy. Fantastic. Must be nice. All right, let's get it over to Hannah for Socially Relevant. Hey guys, okay, so we talked about the hype around this yesterday, and well, 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 it looks like Le'Veon Bell is actually back in Pittsburgh. On Tuesday night, a photo surfaced on Twitter of the running back playing in a pickup basketball game at the Bridgeville LA Fitness, which is a suburb of Pittsburgh. We really don't know anything else except for the fact that he did leave Miami and he did head back up north. So Danny Raja, this guy is almost doing everything but stepping directly onto Steelers territory. Uh, I'm worried about him. Listen, brother, throw some ankle braces on oh. and some knee braces, Holmes. Everything. <laughs> like, Are you just kidding me? Playing a body cast. I have no problem. Look, a lot of guys play hoops in the offseason. Yeah. I don't think many guys play during the season because their legs are too tired. But he obviously, he, that's part of his workout routine. Like, he stays in shape by playing hoops. Yeah. Normally, I don't have a problem with that. When you have a guaranteed contract that's lined up, some sort of guaranteed money, made $12 million last year. That's really the biggest amount of money he's made. It's not like he's got 20 or 30 mil in the bank. If he tears his ACL out there playing with some hacks out there who are trying to be the hero and I'm going to block Le'Veon Bell's shot, you're nuts. If he goes down, he doesn't get a dime. That's dangerous, man. You got to be a different kind of cat to like be – my my last year in Utah, right, things had gone south. I was kind of off the reservation. Um, And I had never skied before, but it's a no-no. So I had a bunch of people come into town. We lived in this great like Mike Doliak. Um, like leased us his crib. It was on the side of a mountain. Like you could see mountain goats on it. It was gorgeous just, out it there. It was beautiful at the base of Snowbird. So I had all my friends come in and they did a ski weekend. And I mean, you're talking like lodge style house. So we're in there getting it in, playing poker. Like, you know, a sushi chef comes in. We did it right, right? We yeah. did it really right for the first time. Um, so they went skiing and I was like, you know what? I don't give a damn. I'm going skiing. So they put me on a bunny slope. Dude, I was paranoid. No, seriously, because I was so worried that I was going to tear my knees up yes. on the bunny slope and forfeit like the rest of my contract. Right. Um, so it takes a special kind of dude to be out there like hooping mid season. Like, 
Cause like, I don't the money don't mean nothing to you. I don't know how it is with NBA contracts, but in the NFL contract, like, they're standard, all of them, except you have some incentives that are put on there. But standard in every contract, it has, like, way in the small print of the box. Yeah. Like, if you do any act- Motorcycles. <laughs> skydiving, like, skiing, yeah, basketball. Correct. Any other thing that puts you at risk, yet you're on your own. A basketball contract has basketball in it. Like, if you're playing in a basketball game that's not sanctioned by the NBA. Really? No, it's under- All those dudes playing? No, it, it's understood, I guess, that pickup. But I think by the letter of the law, when I played, if they wanted to be buttheads about it. Really? Yeah. But if you're playing in any league, yeah, you're like good. men's league or anything like that, no, 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 no. It's not sanctioned by the NBA? Really? If you're playing in league stuff? Yeah, you could be in trouble. You terrible. Careful. Le'Veon, be careful. <laughs> Nothing crazy. Well, staying on the court and not on the bunny slopes, Charlotte Hornets rookie Miles Bridges was the star of the show last night as the Hornets faced off against the Hawks. So with just a couple minutes left in the first quarter, Bridges found himself free on the left baseline. He went up for a one-handed dunk. That got a huge reaction. Yes, from the Charlotte bench. He even did that Vince Carter signature move after the dunk. You know, that rubbing move. After the game, Bridges took to Twitter to tip his hat to Carter, who was actually on the court, just a couple feet away from when Bridges had his moment. His tweet said, Respect to Vince Carter. Plus, he continued to get some love elsewhere. Jaron Jackson Jr., his former college teammate, tweeted out, All-Star is in Charlotte. If you're not in the dunk contest, Miles Bridges sent a couple angry emojis to follow. Nice. So, Raja, I have to ask you first, are you all in on the Charlotte rookies? Uh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm all in on him dunking. Yeah, like, he for look, sure. He looks like he's a pretty bouncy young man, but I don't know about his game. I'm, he's a really talented guy. Um, but I think he was one of those guys that was a lot of raw power and 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 speed and that sometimes has to be refined at the nba level so like i, I no i'm not all in on him as a player yet but i'm not out not out no. all right good enough okay guys this, this last one is just too good not to talk about this has actually continued to continue to be a topic of conversation in the newsroom so i had to bring it back to you guys so a woman was running in sunday's new york city marathon on sunday and her longtime boyfriend decided to pop the question to her during the race so get this, she was hitting that mile 16 of her first marathon while she stopped to greet her friends, say hello, and that's when her man got down on one knee. The proposal lasted what felt like 20 seconds because then she just hugged him, waved goodbye, and then had to keep running. So guys, I have a bone to pick with this one because Me poor too. girl had to have this emotional moment looking sweaty and gross, and then bonus, had to just run another 10 miles while he stood there and waved. <laughs> what is that? What? Why wouldn't you do it at the finish line? Right. Why wouldn't you do it at the finish line? That's the or best like spot to do it. Or maybe later at dinner yeah. when she's looking right. better. <laughs> well, <laughs> see, that's the thing, Hannah. I have a theory. I don't know how you did your proposal. But I have a theory that, like, very public, either on TV, at ballparks, yes. yeah. marathons. Say no. Well, not only say no, but I have a theory that <laughs> those marriages or don't do. work out. <laughs> And I think there's scientific your, research your that shows your, I'm right. Your attention, your, yeah, yeah, your just, need for attention. Yeah, it's just not the right time or place. I did mine in private. Yeah, me yeah, too. Basic cable, simple. Exactly. Like, we've been together long enough. What's up? Right. Like, yeah, well, it didn't go down like that. that way. Like, like, yeah. I just said, my, and my wife, like, thankfully, she was on the same page. But I wonder if some women are like, I want it to be in front of people. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I've never, uh, I don't here's know what, that Here's when I don't want you to do it. Like at mile 16 of 26. <laughs> Get out of my face. Yes. I was yes. in such a bad mood. Like later. Such a bad move. I'm so happy that you guys agree. That's all for Socially Relevant. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Canel and Bell. Coming up next, Danny and Raja run through today's leftovers. Stay with us. You're watching Off the Bench. 
<laughs> you like that promo? Like that promo that just that played? CBS Sports, Sports HQ. If you don't know what we're talking about, if you listen to podcasts, make yeah. sure you go online, cbssportshq.com. You can see all these lovely uh, yeah, that promos that we had out there. Yeah, we're getting kind of corny out there. Uh, I had a question for you that's off the script a little bit. Yeah. We were talking about Miles Bridges' dunk, his uh, tribute to uh, Vince Carter. Do you have a favorite dunk of yours that you remember like that stood out more, whether it was to clinch a game, whether it was over somebody. No, like yeah, it was. I dunked on well in college, I dunked a lot, and so I had a lot of favorite dunks, like yeah. like really nasty dunks. But it became obvious in the pros really quickly that I was not <laughs> going to be who I was. So, um, my favorite would have been probably the O three playoffs with the Mavericks. I started like half the games, but the games that I didn't start, I probably didn't play a lot in. So, um, it was against Sacramento at home in Dallas, and I got the ball around the top of the key. And the Red Sea kind of parted, and I just went down, and then Lawrence Funderburg stepped up just a little too late, and I cracked him. Yeah, I got him. I got him. It might be the only dunk that I have on someone in the NBA. The rest of my dunks in the NBA were usually me by myself. Yeah. or something like that. That's awesome. Uh, our boy Debo sent me a, a video clip. Um, yeah. This is not one that you would want for the high right wheel because it's Desmond Mason dunking on Rasha Bell. Dunking on me? What? Let me see that. Let me see the clip, dude. All right. Well, we can, this doesn't. this isn't the best for our podcast there. But oh, that's that's not that bad. Uh, no, yeah, he, he no, he, yeah, much. no, he don't tell me though. He did yeah. a little bit. Yeah, there's the replay. What's yeah, and I usually people ask if I've ever got dunked on. I'm like, yeah, I never really got dunked on because I didn't challenge a lot of shots. But right, you were smart. That would classify <laughs> as a dunk on. Yeah, exactly. Desmond, it wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. All right, so Lamelo Ball, mm-hmm. the uh, the saga of the Ball family continues. Although Lavar's been pretty quiet. Yeah, Lonzo's been since Lebron has sure. been out there, so that's been kind of refreshing. Uh, but Lamelo is going back to school. You may ask where he's going to Spire, the Spire Institute in Ohio. So it's a prep school. Spire? Yeah. So he's going to go back to Spire. It's uh-huh. in uh, Ohio. He told Ball, uh, Ball told Slam Magazine, I'm excited to return to school and rejoin my class on the court for my senior year. Playing in the international competition was a great experience. I learned some matured very much. I appreciated the JBA experience my dad provided for me. I think it helped my development. I can't wait to play with my peers. I think one thing we're learning from this is, like, he still needs to develop. He still needs yeah. to develop a game. And he can't, like, where they were playing in Lithuania, the, the the competition wasn't doing that. And so he had to come back. But what gets interesting, there are some stipulations because he was a pro. It's a very unique situation with the school that he's going to where I guess they don't play against public high schools. It's all similar prep schools. Sure. Uh, so they kind of have a unique set of rules. And then again, he can't go to college because he was always, he was already a professional basketball player. Yeah, this is just really interesting to me, but, uh, Look, the kid, he's still a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and there's a reason why, um, you know, they, they want you to go to school, specifically high school. Once you're done with high school, you're 17. If your body is ready and you're matured and that's not everybody and you want to be a pro, that's one thing. But I don't, like, unless you're going to be in an academy scenario like they provide in Europe where you can be, you know, you're, you're be fostered and protected and, and brought, you know, brought up the right way. Like, I would let a 14 year old who showed promise go into an academy. But what he's been doing, I disagree with um, in terms of bouncing him around to different pro leagues in Lithuania and stuff like that. It's good for him. And let him be a kid. He is not going to be a one-and-done type of player. Right. He's just not built like that physically. He's got none of the stature for that. Um, so let him experience being a normal kid for a little bit or as normal as he can be. I think it's, it's a good thing. Like high school and college were good times. Yes. You know what I mean? Like they were some of the best times. Like why would you want to rob that of a kid who's not going to be a one-and-done guy? And they're important for your development as a human being, like how to interact with people and how to develop social skills. Because if you skip that process, and I think it's a big reason why like child stars go crazy. Like, you know, you see like Justin Bieber, like huge stars. They can't can't relate. Struggle with it because they never 
got to be just a normal high school kid. Yeah. I think that's why they struggle with it a lot. So good for him. Hopefully he can get back into it, find some security, make is a this relationship. Is this a senior year? Yeah, it is a senior year. So he wants to go back and focus on uh, school, graduating, get his education. The question, the question is, does he do the, does he do the G League after? Well, well, you're right. not allowed. You want, or you'd be no, he, maybe he would be the exemption. That's, that's still a little bit up for a dispute, but they yeah. have the 120, the 125 grand for right. the guys that were deemed, you know, elite prospects. And that might be questionable if he's an elite prospect, but I would think they would make an exception. Or I guess he could go back maybe to other parts of Europe where the basketball's a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, you know, like some other guys have done before. You go to Italy, go to somewhere like that where you can develop a little bit better. But right. still, you're away from home. You're in a foreign country. Like, it's not easy. Yeah, that's... Especially a, at that age. Look, but I look, here's what I will say about his upbringing. I don't think any of it really, as of late, has been traditional. So the kid's probably more used to it and will be able to handle that better than you or I would have been able to at 16 or 17 years old. Um, I, I, listen, I've got my... I don't know if he's a great player. Right. I've watched him play. I don't love his game. No. I'm not saying that he can't be an NBA player, but... He's a long... I, he's not close to Lonzo. Yeah, he's not a Lonzo, and, 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 you know, I wonder if the dad started to realize that. Or not.